0: From
1: the city that has always been the epicenter of music, the established, the current, and the risers of the true soul of Memphis. This is the Memphis Reverb. This is one heck of a way to kick off your July Fourth weekend. Call it a red, white, and boom. How about uh, he's got bangers? How about uh, it's lit? I, I'm, I'm trying. I'm 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 going everywhere <laughs> I can. <laughs> Raid Omar is in the studio. Boy, we've got a lot of ground to cover, my friend, from fashion. We need to talk film. We need to talk uh, all of it.
0: All nine yards, yes. All
1: nine yards. We've got a laundry list of stuff to talk about, plus an album to talk about elsewhere. Let's get into this. Raid Omar is on the Memphis Reverb right now
2: reverberations heard around the world. This is the Memphis Reverb.
1: Boy, I got a bone to pick with you, Um, uh, Because I, here's the thing. I think we're kindred spirits in the musical soul sense. Mm-hmm. I get that vibe from you. You know what the hell you're doing. Thank you. I take that as compliment. It, uh, do you know what the hell you're doing? And and do you, how is that? Because your your confidence is spilling, my friend. Your cup runneth over Thanks. in the confidence, and Thank that's you. not a bad thing. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, what, what's your background? Do you have a musical background, or, or what is this? <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> Are you a nerd? Absolutely. Okay, yeah, okay, I'm good. very much a car-carrying- <laughs> You're caring, in good company. Very much a car-carrying <laughs> nerd. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because stuff like this, I love, I get off on. Yeah. Um, musical background, the earliest musical memory I have is at three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was three. <laughs> Um, uh, my dad wound up giving me a, this, you know, these small baby drum sets. Yes. Cause I am a drummer. Yeah. Uh, as far as instruments goes, drummer, mm-hmm. 13 years. And, uh, my dad gave me a, uh, a baby plastic drum set yeah. or mostly plastic. Yeah, And of course, beating on it always. It because sounded my- like a trash can kind of well, thing basically yeah, right <laughs> um uh, and also on top of that be on trash cans too sure be on po- pots and pans coffee pots whatever whatever goes yeah, on the yeah, house, around the house <laughs> and my dad wanted up getting me my first little set and my earliest musical memory well aside from like you know humming stuff but like sure. major musical memory was sitting my drum set in front of the tv in my parents room mm-hmm. putting on One of my favorite movies at the time and still is one of my favorite movies today. Yeah. A movie called Sister Act with Whoopi Goldberg. Yes. And if you've seen that movie, you remember the the very first or the intro when the credits were still kind of going on when her and her girl group was still in Vegas Mm -hmm. and that medley that they were doing at the beginning. Yeah. And even back then, I loved that. Scene, Yeah. Because again, uh, anything musical, uh, even well, it's at powerful, that age, man. It's yeah, powerful. anything musical, I just got off on. Sure. So I was like, I'm going to in my head, I'm going to see if I can keep up with this medley that's going on. Yeah. And so and looking back on it. I mean, my, my folks were kind of laughing because they were laughing in a good way. It's For not sure. like that sucked or whatever. Sure, right. But I me, mean, you were probably not the best. I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? But no, yeah, just trying to keep up with it and trying yeah. to play it. Yeah. And I look back on that and I remember that. I'm like, it, it, there were three songs. It was Heat Wave, mm-hmm. uh, which is Motown, a Motown mm-hmm. song. My guy, another Motown song, Mary Wells. And then I will follow him, which was Peggy March, which is a 60s pop tune. Real yeah. big at the time. Right. And I look back on that. Of course, back then, I didn't know what these credits were and who did what and what sure. have you. Sure. But I look back on that. I'm like, at three, I'm like, that's a good place to start.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're you're in damn good company, yeah. my friend. That was a good place to start. <laughs> so that was my early memory. Yeah. And it just kind of flourished and blossomed from
0: there? Or? Yeah, yeah. I think drums was always just the go-to as far as instruments, it was always the go-to thing. Mm-hmm. Piano came at uh 8 or so. <laughs> 7 or 8. Yeah. Um what spurred that was one curiosity <laughs> and two the movie Purple Rain. Oh, Lord. Absolutely.
1: Wait, wait, is that not like the gateway drug for a movie, <laughs> for a musical wow. movie? If you watch that thing and go and, and don't at least like go, I want it to be,
0: you know, mm-hmm. I wonder
1: if I could, right. you know, you know right. what I mean? Like
0: right. just that spark. Right. You know? And uh, of course, like with stuff like that, be it Sister acting, be it Purple Rain for a lot of kids my age and like just in my peer group, be it black kids, be just anybody is <laughs> like, it's kind of uncommon. Mm-hmm. You know, and especially even if they are in music, it's like stuff like that. Because at the time, you know, folks were getting off on Master P, right? And much love to him, but it's like uncommon influence. Well, he's got an ice cream on. I mean, I mean, I yeah. do you not love the guy. He's got ice cream. That and set up his kids very well too. <laughs> right. Like I still remember the Romeo show on Nickelodeon. So yeah, yeah right, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, it's like when seeing that movie at around eight, I think VH1 or MTV wound up playing it one time, mm-hmm. and I was like, it didn't weird me out at all because mm-hmm. you know Prince has a, a very interesting image right um, but at the same time I was like no nah, this is cool yeah this is very cool yeah and top of that highly musical he himself was very much uh, like just look wise even at A, I I was like look wise an artist yeah and somebody you can take seriously mm-hmm. and obviously somebody who's very good at what they do mm-hmm. and his band was very interesting too mm-hmm. you know Wendy Lisa Bobby on drums right. with the pencil and mustache, right? Uh, brown mark, on it was bass. drawn in, right? That was, that was no, boring. that's his. It, I, I'm playing, that's not real. I'm playing it, I'm playing <laughs> it, it. It's real. It was just very thin at the Man. time. Um, but we talk about razor's edge, <laughs> right? I know, right? <laughs> but no, nah, it's like that was indeed a gateway to a degree, to a, degree a, a great degree, a gateway as far as not only seeing yourself as a musician mm-hmm. and wanting to learn these songs because after that I was really trying to learn like when doves cry on keyboard or purple the progression <laughs> of purple. <laughs> yeah,
2: Come yeah, on, trying I to get this. it. Yeah, right. Trying
0: to get it. Right. Um Take Me With You and stuff like that. And really getting into deeper and deeper into Prince's discography. Mm-hmm. And so and just uh, even to this day, this is one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, that was definitely a gateway too. And I don't know if we'll ever hit the end
1: of the Prince discography because I mean what is it? 162 <laughs> albums like Undiscovered Tracks was, or something like that. I would that. say more, yeah. technically. The whole basement of his yeah, yeah, That's crazy. Um, and you mentioned a little bit about uh, Prince's look and things like that. Could that have uh, then influenced then this fashion idea and, and sense that you have a little bit? Because you're all over with the fashion stuff too, man. I mean, it's not define, just the define music all over. <laughs> uh, I mean, you have your you have your style. You know what I mean? And uh, it's it's uniquely you, but it's also <laughs> I don't want to say it's it's like. Hot, you know, but it's hot, man. You know, so what? What is that? You know, fashion sense that you have. Where does that come from? Does that come from Prince? And it's because it's a little bit of bleed over there, right?
0: Um. It, well, uh, first of all, I love and appreciate how Prince was an artist who actually believed in evolution, mm-hmm. because one, no the clothes of course it was definitely a reflection of the album that he was selling and also vice versa right no two albums sounded the same Mm -hmm. no two albums felt the same no two eras looked the same right and he was a constant chameleon and I to this day I just love that about him Mm -hmm. he was an artist who was not stagnant and he really really owned his image and also on top of that his image was very quote unquote provocative or can be provocative it was to get you to react. And as an artist, that's very clever because not only is it showing creative freedom and creative ownership, but it's also showing the world like, ah, I got your attention. You're right. Now you're looking at me. So now I can give you what I'm selling. You Mm -hmm. see? Mm -hmm. And as far as that, yeah, I loved his stuff. I will say out of all the eras that he's had, and of course i'm not wearing what i'm about to describe now <laughs> um out of all the eras he's had there were there was one that i really really truly loved that kind of kind of inspired me to get into like suits Mm-hmm. And of course, when you're thinking about Prince, the average fan or the average, well, just average person doesn't think of like a suit and tie or what have you. Oh, I don't know, man. He was pretty sharp. That too. The uh, Purple Rain suit and uh, well, especially during the Super Bowl and stuff. Come well, around. that was later. Yeah. And yeah, but as far as like- in Gorgeous. The 80- exactly. As far as the 80s is concerned, uh, 86, the parade era, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite eras and also one of my favorite albums by him. And it was very much evocative of the 30s and the 40s. 40s, -hmm. and you see, especially like you saw him live during that time, very much suspenders suit, zoot suit, or what have you, and multiple different colors. Sometimes it could be canary yellow, sometimes it could be royal blue, sometimes Mm -hmm. it could be purple, Um, and also on top of that, kind of high fashion a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's like polo turtlenecks, um, something very forward in that kind of forward, but at the same time very retro too. True, because like I said, it it also was uh, evocative of like the movie that he was promoting at the time on his second film, Under the Cherry Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, again, if you see that movie, you'll be like, oh yeah, very 30s, very 40s. Right. Um, so that type of thing. And it, by the t- at that time when I discovered that era, I was in high school. And so you're starting to go to dances. <laughs> you're starting to go to stuff like that. Right. And so you're starting to really get into or beginning to get into like, huh, okay, I can actually look good in other things other than like a t-shirt and jeans yeah, or whatever have right. you? Right, and so you can start getting a little bit more formal, a little bit more snazzier. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that era, in that regards, as far as like going to dances and like prom and stuff like that, yeah, the parade era was kind of a bit of an influence.
1: What what era are you in right now? Would you consider yourself to be in? Ooh. As far as Prince is concerned, no. As well, far as your own era, what 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 you, would you categorize your era right
0: now as? Um, very much don't give a like era <laughs> at this right. point because um, why why because yeah. um for the longest time it was somewhat of kind of a personal thing, and for the longest time it was thinking of it basically putting a lot of pressure on how you come off to people. Mm. And so uh, part of that also comes with not being familiarized with certain brands that, you know, Mm. you know, you know. And then on top of that, it's just being like, you're very cognizant on what you're wearing. Mm. Very cognizant on not coming off too weird. Mm. Very cognizant on coming off too. Do you think
1: that matters to now? Like being too weird? It shouldn't.
0: Yeah. it really shouldn't Yeah, especially on top of that if you're a whole creative person and if you're like within the fine arts and stuff like yeah, yeah it's, it's a whole department full of weird people like <laughs> it's okay to be it's weird. okay you know, yeah. it's very okay and some of the best people or I should say some of the most iconic people ever are quote unquote oddballs right. and have always been that mm-hmm. and of course odd is relative but at the same time it's like yeah it shouldn't matter so at this point in life especially like at 30 it's like okay who cares like right. whatever I'm doing me.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you're like you said, you're 30. So we remember that era of before of social media era before. Oh,
0: yeah, absolutely.
1: And and it was weird. That was weird, right? Now, we look back and we go, man,
0: how did we survive? Because I remember a time where nobody knew how a cell phone. (laughs) Right.
1: right, And so, now everybody's got it, and so now you're kind of out there, and so does that then influence on how you do things or how the mentality is or it's okay to be weird because define the word normal kind of thing?
0: Right. And and the deep I go within my own artistry like not only my own artistry but I think just you know like a lot of people the older you get is the less you care Mm -hmm. you know and that's both men and women is that complacency (laughs) <laughs> no, it's not complacency. It, I mean, it's really not because now you're starting to, quote unquote, color out the lines a little bit more. Mm. And now you're just getting deeper into what are you feeling that day? Mm. And also, of course, like a lot a lot of things with fat, Well, some people can be, you know, stagnate themselves and wear like the same whatever, whatever day in, day out. Yeah, yeah, I think you're directing that at me.
1: <laughs> oh, no, no, no. no, 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 no. I'm I, literally wearing the same shorts that I've had
0: since high school. <laughs> yeah, but you love those shorts, see? Man, I love these shorts. Thank <laughs> Thank they're you. like PJs at this point. There you go. <laughs> Which is why I also love my shorts as well, my Tata shorts yeah. or what have you. They're great, right? They're right. And Nobody and can see us. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you just get to a point where you like it's not a big deal anymore. Yeah. Or you, or at least you hope to get to a point that it's not a big deal anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's it, around late twenties and all the way up to now. That's kind of where I've been at. It's like who cares.
1: Do you think that that escalated uh, like last year when you had, you know, we were all shut down. We're all shut ins at that point. We're all introverts uh, because we were forced to be.
0: I am an introvert by nature, but,
1: you know, but we were all forced to be. So I think everybody was kind of forced to say, you do you right Mm -hmm. now. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And even introverts at that point, when you're told you can't go out. You kind of want to go out, yeah. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. it's 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 the uh, mom and dad telling you your curfews at nine o'clock, so you're going to go out till nine thirty. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, just because you can.
0: Yeah, and I think a part of that, as far as like last year or this time last year, part of that, that is part of that equation as to getting to we don't care. No, you know, we really don't care at this point. Now, now that things are slowly but surely starting to open back up, now one of the main lessons that you take from that or I I can only speak for myself mm-hmm. that I took from that was okay, so now I'm really going to hone into okay what is it about me that I'm really really feeling mm. what is it that I can leave in the past what is it that is obsolete now Yeah. what are new things or new f- new just colors I want to paint with what have you yeah. and express that and extend that even more mm. especially now that you're having more and more of an audience and you're not a shut in anymore not right. forced to be a shut in right. now so so now is the time to really go in like full bloom yeah. or now, go
1: now the time
0: to go out you say yeah 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 Yeah.
1: um i want to get back a little bit back into the multifaceted things but i mean you you mentioned this time last year Mm -hmm. this time last year we were hitting the streets because of a different reason absolutely uh this time we were hitting the streets because uh, uh obviously George Floyd and everything like that. And, and you know, now we're looking at July and everything is hitting, I don't want to say a fever pitch, but it is, you know, everything is on heightened. Um, how did that maybe influence? Did it influence you and and how your perspective of things like what, where were you, where was your headspace and all that?
0: My headspace was, my headspace was not surprised at all because this was something that I knew was going to reach a critical mass at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, And not just to hop on George Floyd, but we can also hop on Tamir Rice. Mm -hmm. We can top on Ahmaud Arbery, Sandra Bland. Um, I mean, the list goes on. The list is, yeah. It's ridiculous. Well, I should say the published, the published Published list list, goes on. Right. And so this was something that was not surprising to me at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I knew that something was going to happen. It was necessarily a question of when. Now, what kind of sh- well, not really shocked, but what really kind of like you know made made me kind of pay closer attention was the response globally. Mm to what was going on here in the U.S. and the positive response globally too. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, a lot of black people within the diaspora that really paid attention to the U.S. and was looking at the U.S. or black people here in the U.S. with solidarity. And so that was interesting to see too. But as far as all that reached that particular critical mass last year, no, I wasn't surprised. And I... Creatively, it didn't stifle anything, Mm -hmm. but also at the same time, it made me be just a little bit more, you know, a little bit more cautious about things. Mm. I'm a cautious person anyway, but at the same time, when society, I guess when you say when the temperature of society kind of turns up like that Mm -hmm. a little bit more, you know, you double check things a little bit more. Mm. You see? Yeah. Not saying that I was paranoid, but...
1: Maybe a little bit, right? And that's safe, right? Because yeah. I think everybody got a little bit more yeah. paranoid, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and not not necessarily about how they are, but of how things have been, right? And has that been okay? Like, and why was that okay?
0: Well, you check up on your friends more, yeah. You know, you being a little bit more protective of family, more, mm. um, more protective of yourself. You know mm-hmm. and it's, it's that type of effect that you know you
1: say you were surprised uh, were you or you weren't surprised but were you a little bit surprised as to w- now like why now or, or was it like oh about time now
0: kind of thing it was it was more so the latter mm. about time now yeah um like i said earlier i knew that something was going to happen at some point sure you know sure
1: it had to right Yeah. Like we had to, we had to get to this point.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. And so it was an interesting mixture between the virus and, and the social unrest and just people, people tired, people, people tired of, of all the abuse and all the isms, I guess you could say. Sure.
1: And I think you were right when now that we're getting on the other side of at least the pandemic mm-hmm. now we're looking at well, what is this hue that i I am, you know, kind of thing, and not as a racial hue, but as like a color tone of. Personality, Mm -hmm. who am I? Mm -hmm. That kind of Mm -hmm. thing, and and so now's the time to paint the town you instead of red or what? You know what
0: I mean? Yeah, and I think that's yeah. I think for a lot of people across the board, that is that's what's starting to happen Mm -hmm. because I think within the past year, for those that stayed at home like me. Some, but
1: that's by choice, right? Right. Because yeah, right. some
0: people didn't. <laughs> you, you know, some people we know didn't. Sure. But not to get on that. Right. But those that really kind of just stayed to themselves and stayed isolated and, you know, out of safety or concern. Mm-hmm. A lot of that, there were a lot of lessons learned within quarantine. It was a lot of people were reevaluating. Their day to day lives mm. as before the pandemic or have you, and reevaluating saying, like, you know what? If I had to reset something, I would change this, mm. or I would probably get out of this job, mm-hmm. or I would probably switch careers, yeah. or I'll probably go back to school. Yeah. Or I would probably just drop out of school altogether, like, because this ain't working for me. You know, am I really happy right now? That was a big thing. question. Yeah. And it was a big question for me, too. Um, well, I- are you happy right now? I am grateful right now. Um, There is always, you know, there's always room for growth. I'm very happy that uh, uh, people around me were safe. And I'm very happy that I was safe. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I have work to do. Mm. And hence this album. Yeah, that I'm promoting.
1: Yeah, so I'm glad you. I'm um, thank you, Gateway Drug. Uh, here <laughs> to the album, because um, there's a lot more that I want to dive into, even pre-pandemic mm-hmm. kind of stuff. But yeah, you brought up the album elsewhere. Uh, it is out now, and and I want to talk a little bit about what you and the audio knots, which is you and um, uh, your your partner, Adrian. Yeah. Adrian are are our, our tag team duo. Yeah, uh, this thing. Um, the whole album is really good. Thank you. Thank you. Now. Off mic. I told you I have a favorite here, and we'll get to my favorite. I, I think I want to save it to the end though. I don't know. I do I do I do it now or do I wait? And that's, that's in your hands, that, right? That's in your hands. This is the the struggle right. that, <laughs> that I have going on in my head right now, man. Okay, so uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start with uh, the first one that you sent me because, um, ironically enough, this is the first one I actually heard mm. uh, uh, from you guys, and that is uh, what you came for. All right. Here's just a little clip of what you came for. This is what turned me on to you.
2: Tell me what you came for. Tell me what you came for. Know that I could give more. You ain't got to worry about it. I know that you're able. No need for labels. Promise I could give you more.
1: Yeah, I, I like that little uh, hit, like EDM uh, almost dancey mm. beat kind of mm. feel to it. I, I dig it, man. Thank you, thank you. I dig you. it, and and the reason why I dig it because if you hit next, right it ain't it ain't that <laughs> right, right 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 it's it's something completely different and uh because this is the second song
0: yes. that i actually heard and that is and that's the second song on the album like in the sequence yeah oh really absolutely oh that's
1: awesome um so I, I that was not planned okay Pop. <laughs> but uh so with you yeah goes next and and i'm like it's like night and day, isn't it, man? Yeah. it's it is uh yin and yang almost it mm-hmm. is it is completely polar opposite here here's with you
2: I with you. Have said, yeah, I mean, me I hear baby. The
0: Prince influence right in Interesting. a little bit. Because I, I wasn't even thinking, thinking about it.
2: About it. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh,
1: I, I hear a little Prince. Let's see, who else do I feel? I feel, uh, vibe-wise, I feel a little... <laughs> Early, like, 2000s kind of, like, R&B kind of soul to it a little bit. That's what I'm picking up now. Maybe not what you were putting down, but that's what I was feeling and vibing at the time a little bit. You know what I mean? Okay. So, is that what you're, like, what were you going for? Um, Like, when you hear that song and you're ready to perform, you're, like, in
0: this zone. Um... Honestly, when I wrote it, well, first of all, one of the very first things that came to me was that bass line. Mm. and uh, It's thick. Thank you. Thank you. And it just grabbed me immediately because I'm also a stickler for like, I don't play bass, Mm. but I'm a stickler for great bass lines and stuff that's catchy and melodic and stuff like that. Um, When I hear that, I hear something that is, first of all, highly danceable
1: yeah oh no yeah and that's what I mean early early mm-hmm. like, like 2000s you know where everybody was you know bopping you know what I mean right Everybody's right like right got that, right. that
0: soul kind right, of clean right, right and yeah it, when I hear that it's just like it's something that just automatically sticks out even though the album is short um but still it's, it's one of my favorites off there it yeah. really is like and on top of that aside from me and Adrian as you know as writers and producers Mm -hmm. Um, well I guess kind of connected to our our roles as writers and producers too Mm -hmm. but it's like when I hear stuff like that it's like I automatically think who can I give this to (laughs) (laughs) like seriously seriously who can I give this to like who could take this and possibly extend this beyond me Mm. you know mm-hmm. because that's something else I'm very interested in like writing for other people yeah and yeah. I want to and want to write for other people hence again the one of the main reasons why I wanted to do this album yeah was basically to is almost like a showcase album. Really, yeah. it's a showcase of not only what me and Adrian can do in a studio setting, or just you know on, on our own, sure. but also a showcase of my writing and arranging, and also a showcase of the guests that we have on you know on this album. A so, lot of-
1: so who was on? Uh, <clears throat> let's go back to a. Uh, uh, what you came for who
0: who else is on there that's just you yeah right? mus- yeah there's a musician um, uh, well, musician and singer uh, by the name of Alex Duquette okay um, little quick story behind that I was I knew I had something very special on my hands when I made this yeah and also uh, that song was about When I made it, it was about 40 tracks deep. (laughs) Jeez. Because I remember like, (laughs) I remember like early, early on when I was making demos and it was like five or six tracks. Yeah, right. And then when I was in the fast forward to the making of this album, like I look up and I'm like... What am I doing? (laughs) No, 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 no. It's not even what I'm doing. It's because everything sounded good. It's just me seeing all of what I'm using. Yeah, right. And it's like, yeah, the growth is real. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So this is growth. I think this is a sign of growth. Yeah. And so I was trying to find a singer. I wasn't going to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I referenced it, (coughs) but I was like, ultimately, I need somebody to feature on this. Yeah. I found a few singers locally. Nobody committed. So is that a problem? Here hmm? locally, is that is that a problem that you run into? That can be a problem anywhere. Sure. Like people will say that, oh yeah, I'll do this, I'll do this. Oh, it sounds great, and then never show up. Mm. So it's like mm. that's a problem everywhere. Yeah. That's the consistency problems are everywhere. That's not just evocative of Memphis, mm. um, but yeah, I found Alex, reached out to him, and. <laughs> I kind of worked a little bit with him and in return he worked with me yeah and so I heard his voice on, like some of the stuff like had yeah, on YouTube or what have you and sure. and online and I was like yeah this could work now hopefully he commits because okay. I honestly can't find anybody else <laughs> and sure enough he did <laughs> okay. and it worked out it worked out well uh, now let's
1: do let's go to with you
0: with you who who else is on that one <laughs> That one is the same story, different turnout. Yeah. That one's me. Yeah. So, yeah. That one's what you get. Yeah, that one's me.
1: That, that, that do you vocal find it, is me. Do you find it hard when you start farming out songs, basically, or farming mm. out parts, right? Mm-hmm. Do you find it difficult then to convey what you originally thought? In the song or how how you originally wrote it or, you know, their interpretation is not like you saw with me. I th- I'm saying th- I'm vibing Prince. I'm vibing early night, early 2000s R&B. Like, do, do you find that as when you start calling these people and you're like, hey, man, I, I want or, you know, hey, I want you on this track. Mm-hmm. uh this is the you know, and what do you think of this? And they they come back with something completely off the wall, and you are like, the hell, you know, or or what is that?
0: A lot of that has it's less to do with the like if I find somebody else to interpret the song, it has less to do with them and more so to do with me and yeah. how it comes from mind. <laughs> to the program that you're using sure. com- composing it out or the paper and you know demoing the whole song because sometimes it comes out like you have something in your head yeah. and then other times it's like it it didn't quite come out how i wanted to but this is cool <laughs> still yeah right and then other times it's like you're hearing it in your head and then once you demoed everything and Almost completed everything. It comes out better than mm. what you what you heard mm. initially, or what you thought about a initially. Pleasantly surprised. Exactly, kinda, right. exactly. And so it kind of depends. Mm. It really depends. And like I said, a lot of that has more to do. I can, like I said, I can only speak for myself. Yeah. A lot of that has to do with just me, my relationship between. Myself in the song, mm. you know, mm. rather than like outside people and them like coming in with weird arrangements or whatever.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna give you one that uh, that I completely dug. Alright, and mm. this this one I was like, yeah, man. Uh this one's older. <laughs> All right, the song older, and, and I I don't want to know what's what it's about because I I have my own theory on, on what it's about for me. Are
0: right. you gonna tell us what that is? No, no, no,
1: no. and I and, and I'll tell you why after here here's older. Here here's what I'm talking There's
2: about. There's a door that you cannot leave through when it's over. Tell her that a fool still loves her, crying in silence to a concrete rose. There's a heart at the end of the message, though we are all down. Mm. Mm. Ray,
1: you're a bad man. Thank you. What, Alf, Mike, what did <laughs> you say, an hour on that one? Yeah. Yeah. God, oh, man.
0: Like I was saying that I wound up... We were done with this project. We really were. And I I put a deadline for this project and all the demos that we were collecting. Yeah. And I was like, yep, this day, let's just end it and scope what we have. Mm-hmm. And then one night I was just coming up with something on my computer. Yeah. And then that chorus came out first. Mm. And then I was just like, okay, I got something here. Okay, let me see if I can, let yeah. me see if I can, you know. It's carved this out, growing and growing. Yeah, exactly, (laughs) and that's exactly what it did. And so I, once I got to it and got through the first verse got through the second verse, the chorus, I was like, the chorus is not changing. That's perfect. Yeah. And that's one of the main things for any songwriter is like, if it touches you and you get goosebumps mm-hmm. and and you really, you know, you feel, a oh, you know, just all these types of things, yeah. you're on the right path. Yeah. You're very much on the right path. Yeah. And it seems that you have something that you can need to keep. Mm-hmm. And so that's definitely an example of that. And I called, well, I texted Adrian. I was like, yeah, so I think I got something. <laughs> I think I got the end of the album here. Yeah. So you might, yeah, listen to this. <laughs> he loved it. And yeah. Yeah, that was, I, that's exactly how it was, the end of the album. How do you not
1: love it? It's see, because I'm not. An, OK, so I'm going to tell you why I will never reveal my interpretation of what it, the song means. Oh, by the way,
0: it's not a, not a true story. OK. It's not a true story. Okay, well,
1: here's the here's the bottom line, because I my philosophy is that all the good songs mean something different to somebody else. Mm hmm my interpretation is not necessarily your interpretation or necessarily what the writer was even Mm -hmm. writing for. So to me, I, 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 I will never ask, you know, what's the song about, you know, because quite honestly, I don't care (laughs) because I, I know what the song is about for me and and the listener and and what they feel. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I know you listening right now, you're like, okay, I felt that because of this, you know what I mean? So, um, what where I could see that one going and and going back to you know um you know get writing for other people and stuff I could see a, a you know a, a acoustic guitar opening in that song you know what I mean mm. I'm not saying country but right. f- that soulful like country do rag and bone man kind of guy <laughs> right you know what I mean like right. that kind of like that that soulful kind of vibe or or oh you know even aloe black.
0: Yeah, you can, soul, you can murder that. Mur- you you know what I that. mean,
1: like that thick mm-hmm. soul feel and male mm-hmm. at that point, and then come in with the female. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I'm, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, like right. feel it, feel it. I'm I'm, I'm vibing so hard because, and that's that's the cool thing about that song.
0: Thank you. You Thank know what
1: you. I mean? I, I love that one.
0: Um, and, and I have to shout out the feature on that uh, artist, very talented artist by the name of Andrew Elder. Mm-hmm. Um, he used to be based out here. He's in Delaware now. Um, Those Yankees. Oh, stop <laughs> But no, um, how we met up was, it was another one kind of like trade out. This is like a, like a tit for tat type yeah. of thing. As far as, as far as how I got connected with him is that somebody had put out, um, yeah, somebody had put out the word on Facebook mm-hmm. that he was here and he was trying to basically come up with a lot of promo stuff or film a lot of promo stuff for his upcoming, uh, album. Mm and they needed a drummer, and mm-hmm. part of this was a couple of music videos or snippets for music videos, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they needed a drummer for his display band, I guess you could say. Sure. And so they couldn't find nobody. I immediately typed in, like, me, me, me. And one of the main reasons why I really wanted that gig was the dude who was a part of Andrews, or well, basically the head of, 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 of that uh, label, that yeah it was a boutique label at the time uh guy by the name of mike Doty, Mm -hmm. and if you're not familiar with mike uh i was basically low-key raised on some of his music Mm -hmm. because in the 90s he was the lead and basically main songwriter of this alternative band by the name of soul coughing yeah based out of new york yeah um if you had Cable and Cartoon Network back <laughs> in the late 90s, you remember Cartoon Network had these things called Groovies. Yeah. Which is these songs using some of a lot of Hanna-Barbera's cartoon reels or what have you. Sure. For backdrops for the songs and videos for the songs. There are two that I love. Roland, which was using the uh, Betty Boop stuff. Mm. And circles which used uh flintstone stuff Mm -hmm. circles was me and like a a generation of people they remember that one right and i was like years later i did a lot of research on mike and soul coughing and i was like this is a good band yeah like and i remember and i and i rediscovered circles i was like that's who did that yeah okay and so fast forward to the facebook ad or post I was like, yeah, me, me, me. Pick (laughs) me. Did you fanboy out a little bit? no I'm never fanboy I'm okay. never I'm never like that okay Um. I, even on the inside I am sure, sure. But internally I, <laughs>
1: you're sitting there going oh my god
0: and it's weird looking at it's weird finally meeting somebody that's like connected to your childhood or connected mm. to your intake of media did as you a have a perspective kid. built up no I pretty much knew cause I did I did I'm a person who does their research and I knew what Mike looked like mm-hmm. now I pretty much knew the story mm-hmm. of his life a little bit um um, I wound up getting his memoir, um, The Book of Drugs, in which that's cool. Um, good good read. Mm-hmm. And so I pretty much knew about Mike. Okay. It was just weird meeting him. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm finally meeting you. Yeah. And Andrew was cool, too. It was 10 glorious hours in the mm-hmm. place where, you know, or black, the building where Black Lodge is now. Mm-hmm. That is where we filmed it. Oh, that's cool. And around that property. Yeah. And so it was 10 glorious hours. Got paid for it. Nice. It was just great. And so I told Andrew that I'm working on this album. I think your voice would be great for this song. Yeah. He loved it. And how yeah. How could you not? Well, again, th- you not? again, thank you.
1: Like, how do you not jump at
0: that, right? <laughs> and so he killed it. And yeah, it is what it is. You
1: brought up film. Not your first time in uh, involving a camera. Uh, 20, I'm going to go back because I, I promised that we would go back. Mm-hmm. And we're going to hit back out with Elsewhere again. But um since you brought up the fil- the film and stuff, 2019, you're in Dallas Film Festival. Yeah, how does that come about?
0: What what are you doing? So, like I mentioned earlier, that was such a good moment and such a memorable, and just a, just a, such a memorable trip. Um, myself and a, another previous guest on this show by the name of Rico Fields, yeah, Rico the acronym, Rico
1: the acronym,
0: yeah, and um, he. he Omar Higgins, mm-hmm. the late Omar Higgins, uh, who's a reggae bassist and just all around renaissance man in his own right. Um, the three of us were involved for a good three and a half years. Yeah, a good three and a half years together in this punk band by the name of Negro Terror. Yeah. And so we wound up getting a little bit of buzz here. Buzz started growing. Mm-hmm. Then uh, this, we wound up getting around twenty. I want to say twenty seventeen. We really started getting messages from this uh, filmmaker out of uh, Mississippi uh, by the name of John Rash. Mm-hmm. And at first, we were kind of you know skeptical. I was like, "Who is this?" Yeah and is he serious and he wanted to document us he really wanted to film us mm-hmm. and of course he he goes way back in the day too. So he's a huge like supporter of in in, uh, in the punk community as well sure. um you know and so he really really wanted to translate that to film mm-hmm. um yeah and then on top of that us being an all-black punk band yeah
1: because i mean even at that time it, it, you're not, you're the anomaly, right? Yeah. You know, you're, you're not the exception of the rule, but there's no one really out there, you know, and, and so that's a struggle in itself, right?
0: It what was, you it, there? it was, um, I wouldn't say struggle. It was very much a, an uphill thing, but at the same time, not a struggle. It, it, again, I can only speak for myself. You right. uh, know, it was, it was three and a half glorious years and I, I tell this story or I tell this little statement a lot said of all the bands I've been involved with over the past decade or so, it was about 17 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, Negro terror is the best one that I've been a part of the most significant, the most substantial one, Mm -hmm. the most iconic one that I've been involved with. Um, out of all that, and thanks to John and his work and also just his loyalty, we wound up getting a award-winning documentary out of it. Yeah. <laughs> and that's still, you know, years later, it's still kind of like, oh, wow, um, we're on Amazon yeah we're on Amazon Prime yeah is that is that you know weird to see yourself on (laughs) it's weird to see and I'm a huge documentary person myself I love like music documentaries and so um, Mm -hmm. when you go on there and you searching for something like in the music section or what have you and you see our cover, voice of Memphis, and Omar's face on. It, I'm like, oh, hey. like you know, <laughs> it's we it's it's a pleasant weird, sure, but it's weird. Yeah,
1: did and, it take you back the first time you see it? You're like, oh shit. is that that's me? <laughs> kinda, yeah, kinda. It really did. And and who calls you and like,
0: bro, bro are you seeing this or is anybody call you and like, no, because I think we uh, in the band and people around the band, we kind of already were kind of like telling each other, like, do you, see this? like? see do you see yourself? this? <laughs> like, yeah. And also on the little tour that we went on to like promote it and show it to people like every night we wound up seeing it. Uh, I wound up sitting in it like every night. Yeah. And even after Omar passed, Um, you know, some people couldn't because it was a little too sentimental.
1: Yeah. Um, does it feel different now watching it?
0: It a little bit, just a little bit, because of course, obviously is, is, is post the uh, main person's death. Right. But at the same time is, I never saw it as a sad thing at all. I always saw it as something that was very triumphant and Mm -hmm. something to be very proud of. The circumstance is, is highly unfortunate, but i never even to this day i never see it as anything that's sad Mm -hmm. um i see it as something that is very much a statement and i see it as something that was needed Mm -hmm. i see it as something that i can so pat myself on the back um being involved in because i got this close to not doing it Mm -hmm. and because i don't come from a punk background you know i don't come from punk drumming at all and so For Omar to believe in me and kind of teach me the ropes a little bit and, you know, fill, fill, fill some spaces out. What did he say to you? Hit it really hard, really fast. (laughs) Um, But no, like he, he kind of, he believed in me a little bit more than I kind of believed in myself. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I just said, if I can do this, this would be just one more thing that I can do. And I just trusted in the process, and sure enough, it happened the way that it happened. And uh, to this day, I'm just very thankful for him, and very thankful for that opportunity. Thankful for John. Thankful for Rico, because um, it it could have easily been somebody else on drums. It could have easily been somebody else who's far more experienced and knows what they're doing, like like that. Yeah. But it was me. And on top of that, with that documentary going aside from drums into composing that was basically my first official credit as like a composer because yeah. a lot of the stuff that isn't the band's music or cover or what have you uh, so that all that music is me yeah yeah, that was the stuff that I made and it's funny because one of the pieces like the end credit piece was uh, I, it was a demo that I made at Rico's house <laughs> years ago before there was even a Nico Terra right. but I gathered with John and I was like what do you think about this because he was trying to search for pieces for the film, yeah, uh, you know, and he was like, oh, I love that one. So let's use it. Go back. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And so fast forward to the Dallas Film Festival, it got in there and it it really made noise. Yeah. And that was a wonderful, a wonderful trip. Um <laughs> wonderful trip to Texas, wonderful trip to Dallas. Uh, the red carpet event was very memorable. Yeah, Just the whole trip was memorable. It was just good vibes all, all, all together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully me and Rico will go back soon. So but now you got to do a reunion thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that, that's the new thing now, right? In 21, 20, <laughs> you know, 2021, you got to do a reunion special. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, obviously, you know, uh, there, there's going to be whatever, but yeah. Uh, I, have you prepared yourself a little bit for the offspring if you will uh to start resurging because you know that this is going to happen where you, you just like you at age three watching sister act or something like that and you're watching these things as a kid and you're like i could i think i could do that you know, watching those Prince documentaries, you know, because you're trying to get your hands on anything and everything. Right. Because you have a love for music. So have you prepared yourself a little bit mentally for that?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I Even with Nico Terror, and we can speak generally, but even with Nico Terra is like are the people that message us, even when we were like on, you know, just doing shows consistently and you know just active consistently Mm -hmm. um we get messages from like the damnest places (laughs) and at the same time it was not not surprising that because you know thanks to the magic of social media but at the same time it's like when you get messages from england Mm -hmm. when you get messages from indonesia yeah when you get messages from you know, other parts of the U.S., Argentina. Yeah. You know, Venezuela. You ever been
1: there, by the way? You mm. know anybody over
0: there? No. No. Okay. no. Um, <laughs>
1: I didn't know if they were like...
0: No, like family. Weird, like, weird friends, no. you know, that moved no, there. No, no, <laughs> no. I'm to Argentina. Cake. Okay. <laughs> no, these are these are like total strangers. Yeah. And, and you see kids that look like you.
2: Mm.
0: And they're saying that... I'm inspired by this documentary. I'm seeing and hearing your music Mm -hmm. and I want to do a band. I want to do a punk band because of y'all, because you know, the part of the world that they're in, it's totally not common. Mm -hmm. You don't see people who are looking like them. People who look like me, you don't see them in these different type of, uh, disparate genres of music because they believe that that's not for them. Right. Um, And then when they see our documentary or see like our videos on like YouTube or what have you, or listen to our music that's out, they're like, that inspires them to really just tear the walls in their heads down and just say, no, I can do this. And that to me It was one of the biggest takeaways or biggest positive takeaways from Negro Terror in my time with that. And just all of it, even today, is like, and it's something that I remind myself of too. You know, because in day-to-day life, you can kind of forget that. And I think a lot of creative people, especially if they're starting or trying to make a name for themselves, they forget that, oh, yeah, somebody is actually paying a little bit of attention. Yeah. And it's positive attention. Yeah. And so if we've done anything that is positive, and they can change somebody's trajectory, change somebody's mind as far as their approach to music or the fine arts or whatever it is. Mm You just have to You just have to thank a higher source mm-hmm. For that mm-hmm. you really do I certainly do
1: Yeah no I mean I, listen at the top of this thing I, I felt like we were musical uh, Solely connected in, in music somehow some way And, and I, I genuinely believe That if you are a fan of music If you consider yourself a music nerd mm-hmm. And I genuinely do I, I mean I'm a band nerd man um, I think we all have A kindred spirit in that regard and it doesn't matter what you look like mm-hmm. You know I mean look at me I'm a nerd <laughs> But I i can go to a punk show Where you know At the time Negro is Playing and fit right in You know what I mean mm-hmm. because musically It speaks right you know Or or go see You know uh, You up there uh, with, uh, you know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah. uh, I I can go up there. Audio knots is, is rocking out, and and older comes on. Oh my gosh, I'm weeping. I'm weeping. <laughs> I love it.
0: That's that is my favorite. Thank you. It's one of my favorites off of the album oh, too. Man, really
1: elsewhere is. album is out now. Uh, we've got a lot more to get into. Absolutely. Um, namely, a top five. Okay. All right. And and uh, you brought up Rico, the acronym, and and his
0: playlist was. <laughs> I, I didn't get a chance to hear this episode. I'm going I'm going to I Oh my gosh, I will. it's it's all over the place. But, <laughs> but I look at yours and I'm excited. So I, I knew you would be. Yeah, top
1: five coming up next. This is the Memphis Reverb. From pitch to the center circle studio, Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. Check
2: out the latest episodes at my three subspodcast.com and on the iHeartRadio app.
1: If you can make it here, then you've made it. This is the Memphis Reverb. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm excited about this top five list. This is uh, all over the place, but <laughs> <laughs> it honestly is like my head. Like, Mine too. This is what happens <laughs> in my head. So if you want to look inside, Raid and Brody's head, this is what it sounds like. Dude. This is our soundtrack. <laughs> all right, here we go. The Raid Omar top five. Here we go. We're counting them down. Countdown. In at number five, uh, Janet Jackson yeah like uh someone to call my lover. uh yeah, here we go. <laughs>
0: Absolutely! What is that? Like that? The- you see me dancing over Man, here, You right?
1: can't help it. You can't help it. Uh, all right, let's let's keep this going. Number four: Ashford and Simpson Mainline. <laughs> That's one of those where
0: you're just like, ooh, ooh, there it is. Yeah, yeah, yep, Yeah. I found my soul. <laughs> I, happened, I happened upon it. <laughs> I hope we're gonna give explanations behind why I picked we, these. Why? Yeah. Why? Why mainline? Well, one, this just one that okay. I
1: don't need to go back to Janet because Janet is Janet, and like, I that will
0: is classic. I, I will briefly because one, it's it's absolutely weird that it is officially 20 years since that album. Oh my god! All Shut for up. You. What? Yeah. it's it, 20 years as of now, really 20 years as of April. Um, now I feel my gray hair. I
1: know, right? No, I feel
0: it. Yeah. I, I remember exactly. I was in middle school when that, like, Radio Disney played <laughs> that a lot back in the day. Right. Because I was a big Radio Disney head back in, in middle school. Yeah. And was playing that, like, on the way to school, coming back home from school, maybe get some McDonald's, you know, anyway. <laughs> sure. But yeah, someone called My Love It, that was one of those ones that, like, 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. and doesn't really matter from the same album both of those was two of my favorites and also shout out to the producers and co-writers of that song Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis the great Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis both of them as far as my aspirations for songwriting mm-hmm. both of them are like two of my biggest influences they really are i mean and i can't say enough nice things about janet too she's one of my favorite artists so so then and so then we go mainline, mainline. <laughs> yeah and the total opposite of that <laughs> so yeah i am a big like any like <clears throat> retro stuff just makes me you know it's happy right yeah well it's not only happy it can it it can be gripping it can be a message song it can be whatever Mm -hmm. but a lot of like a lot of music that was from the past 50 60 years you know it's just if it touches you it touches you sure and mainline was one of those songs that touched me and plus with nick ashford and valerie simpson the great nick ashford and valerie simpson Mm -hmm. i mean their work with motown like, the, one of the best love songs ever, You're All I Need. Yeah. You know, Marvin and Tammy. Yeah. you know, their pen game has always just been wonderful. Yeah. And, you know, and I grew up listening to a lot of their stuff, with stuff that was written by them. Mm-hmm. And also on top of that, in the 70s and 80s, they had their own career as a duo too. Mm-hmm. And had their, racked up their, a bunch of his as a duo as well. And Mainline was one of the first ones, 74. Seventy three, seventy four. Yes, yeah. How I got onto that particular song is the episode of Soul Train. Ah, man. <laughs> yeah, and they- What a will, great show, right? Iconic show. Absolutely legendary show. They can't do that now, though. It would have to be something different. Yeah. It would have you to be a different format.
1: Yeah, you couldn't come out with- like uh, Soul Train
0: and get away with it, you know. What it, I mean? it would have to be something different, and honestly, it, as it should be, because not saying that they won't try. They won't try, but I mean, you saw, you saw they tried to bring TRL back. Oh, I knew that was about to be flop on arrival, right? And right. then about a year later, DOA, <laughs> garbage. <laughs> this garbage, garbage, because there was nothing like Carson Daly, man, and, and the young. Carson. And shout out here. to Carson Daly because yeah. he's again uh, thorough very thorough it, dude and still, still doing good. it yeah still yeah. doing it but yeah that's how Mainline came and I kind of like a couple months ago I discovered that again watching old episodes of Soul Train and nothing beats it man and it's like a and b gospel song that's just yeah uh, not enough people like if you fans of Asher and Simpson know it but like yeah. n- we don't go back to that song enough you know? yeah. We, yeah maybe we should yeah maybe we should and you did
1: thank you <laughs> uh, so you know we're not gonna you know no whiplash on this thing. Uh, how much can a heart take Lucky Day featuring yaba yeah. yeah. and I'll try to emulate
0: Im- that. Like Not son- imitate because it's hard to imitate. The sonics of the 70s you mean? Yeah. I mean so, I mean over the past 25 years we've had us who's who of artists and acts who have actually made whole careers out of doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean the and now here's where the nerdum start coming starts to come out. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to make it brief though. Okay. <clears throat> so it's okay. We can get on soapboxes here. It's all <laughs> right. You're, you're free, free space. So in case you haven't heard or what have you, or not familiar with the term Neo soul. Mm-hmm. So I see Neo soul in two movements. Um, you have the first wave of Neo Soul, which was 94, 95 to like 99. And so you have artists like, of course you can Google and YouTube all these artists. You have artists from Maxwell, mm-hmm. Erica Badu, D'Angelo, um, Adriana Evans is another one that we kind of don't go back to enough, you know, yeah. people like Ndombe and, you know, uh, to a degree, Michelle Cello, her first, you know, albums and stuff like that. Um, yeah, stuff like that. Definitely going back to like, and this is like the early and mid nineties. So, Mm -hmm. you know, music was really sounding, you know, very, very mechanized. Yeah. And so this is all the artists I just named goes back to live instrumentation. Yeah. Live drums, you know. Well,
1: I remember the Grammys uh, performance with Eric Badu. Yeah. And
0: it was weird seeing a full band. And it was weird. Yeah, exactly. And so you have all of these different harkening back to a lot of the iconography of the 70s. And so these were musicians who grew up in this era of, you know, mechanized post-grunge music or grunge era music and for R&B it was very much like post Men and post you know hip-hop you know, all of that that all all that, you know, comes with that. Yeah. We're going back to, you know, th- these are musicians who definitely remember like albums like What's Going On by Marvin Gaye and like Curtis at May Curtis Mayfield's first albums and, you know, like a lot of stuff from Motown, a lot yeah. of stuff from Philly International. And these are people who grew up listening to, you know, Al Green stuff. Yeah. People who really grew up listening to this stuff and loving it. And in the midst, in their first wave really wanted to emulate that. In really a means of almost like sonic protest from all the mechanized music that we had. True. And well, I think that's why grunge, right? It was like. And grunge was, yeah, protest, yeah. And kinda, that was kind of a protest from a lot of the hair metal that we just saw in the 80s. Right. Um, and so, yeah, that was the first wave. Second wave was the same thing, but it was a little bit more sleeker and a little bit more production wise anyway a little bit tighter mm. and so you have like once again Erica Badu kind of kicked off the second wave too with Mama's Gun great album mm. D'Angelo again with Voodoo The Roots came with that too to a degree and shout out to Quest love. Um new artists like music, music Soulchild who I love Jill Scott who I love Legacy, you know um, uh, Eric Benet to a certain degree Raheem Devon so many, so many different names. That second wave was like from 2000 to like 05, mm. 05, 06. Um, A lot of people think that like, you know, Dave Chappelle's block party, that was like the last major, that was like the demarcation period of that time. Mm. You know, that was like the last big you know event as far as the second wave of Neo So. do you it think also- that
1: would have went on if, if Chappelle went on
0: um I it, w- it would probably have been something different yeah uh, but at the same time, it was Chappelle with the Roots, with Common, with Erica, with, you know, the Fuji's. It was all it was just a magical little bubble of people. And also on top of that, with the first the bridge connecting the first and second waves was the Soquarians. Mm. again google is your friend youtube is your friend search all these people up you'll yeah. probably get a new playlist out of all right, this right. but yeah with d'angelo and quest love like those two and also on top of that you had erica and common and jay sure. dilla the late great jay dilla and people like that and a lot of the people a lot of the musicians that made up the roots on top of that and other people all of them like between 96 and this magical time between 1996 and like, 02, they held up in electric lady studios in New York, which is one of my favorite studios, by the way, I want to visit it one play <laughs> at one point. Yeah. They hold up there and they basically churn out a string of classic albums. Mm-hmm. Like voodoo is D'Angelo's voodoo. That was one of the ones that came out in one of those like endless sessions, mm-hmm. like classic album and a Grammy winner too. Yeah, Mama's Gone, classic album, Grammy nominated. Grammy nominated. Things fall apart. That was a part of those sessions as well. And then Commons, like Water for Chocolate, sonically wonderful album. Yeah, and Electric Circus and Bilal's first album and uh, parts of Fantastic. I think some of what Dilla was doing at the time was coming out of that too. And so you have all this string of great releases, Mm -hmm. like era defining releases out of these all of the music nerds (laughs) and artists in their own right, Mm -hmm. finding this common ground at Jimi Hendrix's old studio. Yeah. And just keeping the recording material running. Yeah. And
1: it, it, yeah. There's ghosts in there that, like, there were absolutely, <laughs>
0: <Right>. absolutely, and <laughs> think like about that, though. I and, think about that. Yeah, as a matter of fact, the old, the cat that used to live there, especially back in the day, they called him Jimmy because they thought that you know the ghost of Jimmy Hendricks was in the cat. Um, and interesting enough, like this story, like, you know, the cat you used to go and in, in, sneak into the sessions, and if he stayed, then that means you're onto something, right? If he left, then it means, <laughs> yeah, let's turn let's go somewhere <laughs> else. Or another great story that Questlove wound telling is that. Like there was some feedback that was going on in the equipment. Mm -hmm. The cat came in and he went up to the board, climbed up (laughs) on the board and pushed one button and the feedback was gone. (laughs) And everybody was just like, what? Okay. (laughs) Like, okay. If you didn't believe before. Right. (laughs) But yeah, it's like that whole thing. Like, over the past 25 years, we've had people who are very successful in trying to emulate the 70s. Mm-hmm. And honestly, some people have tried and failed. Yes. Other people have made whole careers out of it. Yeah. And it was something about that time that is like. It was real, man. It was very real. Yeah, it was very, mu- Very musician friendly. Yes. And true. so, yeah, we. We miss we can miss that yeah. nowadays yeah. Oh, yeah and lucky day is one of those artists to a degree is i think it's kind of like one of the new batch of artists who are kind of like trying to blend old and new mm. well i mm. should say blend old and new well and i would love to write for him one day that awesome mm-hmm.
1: right uh let's let's uh get the whiplash uh what is it the uh, the little cream in the back you know get, get that going on because uh, now we're going pop complete pop with pink uh, get the party started (laughs) Yeah, uh, that is classic Pink. But now Pink has gone to that. She's mom Pink now. And she's mom Pink. She's mama Pink. I mean, she's got a go song out with her uh, her little girl. On yeah,
0: it. I love that song, by Gosh, the way. made me cry the yeah. first
1: time. Of course, that's what a... a becoming a dad. I uh, cry a drama. Yeah.
0: Gosh. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> but... Yeah, so... Classic pink right there. It's classic pink, and it's arguably her first classic record, mm-hmm. even though there was a whole album before that that people may or may not talk about. <laughs> and that was a good album, too. I mean, yeah. but it, she's admitted herself that it wasn't quite her. Yeah. But with Misunderstood, which turns 20 this Shut fall... Up, I know, right? I know, our right? You goes the same way. Too. So you goes the same way. But yeah, it's like, again, that was like... Get the Party Started is just one of those era-defining records and it's just one of those just perfect sounding pop records, even though it sounds very much of its time, but it's like it kind of oh, transcends right yeah. time yeah. a little bit. And shout out to the writer behind that, the wonderful and the great Linda Perry, um, who has done not only uh, you know revive it was like kind of revamp Pink's career with mm-hmm. "Misunderstood" and some other releases after that. But you know, it worked with Christina Aguilera, mm-hmm. her biggest hit "Beautiful" is Linda's pen. Yeah, um, Gwen Stefani, Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. And so many that other. was
1: Gwen's uh, solo album
2: right yeah she yeah
0: awesome. um she, she she definitely contributed to it. there were other people it was a mix of people sure, kind of sure. but um and also on top of that were her in the 90s coming out of four non-blondes mm-hmm. and their worldwide hit what's up you know, that's like played it almost every karaoke <laughs> everywhere. That's where it is.
1: Plus every uh, um, arena. I think, I think every hockey game still played. Right?
0: Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, Linda, yeah and Linda is a wonderful writer too, because mm-hmm. as I got older, I started re really like g- doing my research on like, when I started taking songwriting seriously and I just started seeing like who inspires me that I've heard and also who can I find that I may not be aware of and just start dissecting their stuff. Mm -hmm. Linda was one of those people. Um, she's not a main influence, but I get why she's special. Yeah. Like, and plus some of the songs that I grew up listening to, that's her, (laughs) that's her pen. Yeah, And you know, she's very special, has been through a lot, Mm -hmm. has a lot to say Mm -hmm. through her work directly or indirectly. Um, yeah she's just she's great even to this day and get the party started that was like a throwaway song because she yeah. at first when she had kind of revamped her career and wanted to get into songwriting like full-time because yeah. four non-blondes had ended and she had kind of gone into obscurity a little bit and was trying to figure out what the next move was going to be mm-hmm. and so she was like okay so <laughs> I'm gonna get into songwriting like seriously, seriously, and I don't have to be artist. I'm just get my songs to other people, mm. and like I think the first NPC that she got, that was like the basis of that song, and she was like, "Okay, I like it, but I'm probably not gonna do it." Yeah, and then this girl, Alicia Moore. Uh, who was a f- fanatic, uh, tracked her down <laughs> and leaving whole 20-minute messages on the phone mm-hmm. trying because because her first album had already happened and everything. And yeah. so she was kind of, industry-wide, she was still kind of connected and making her rounds. And she wanted to find Linda, you know, fanatic, to say the least. A little stalkerish. Kind of stalkerish. Yeah but in a good way right and yeah they got together and ta-da ta-da pop history was made and Pink and also on top of that Pink is such a good writer too yeah she really is uh, yeah. she's one of my favorite writers well she's one of my favorite artists mm-hmm. and as well it's just her pen is very much respected yeah very much
1: uh keeping in the pop circuit with M2M in at number one don't this say- is in no particular word about okay. <laughs> it
2: don't say you love me
0: <laughs> uh, again, to make you feel old. Man, don't stop. <laughs> this is going to hurt. <laughs> um, Once again, Radio Disney. Yeah. Um, That one and Mirror Mirror, which was done by them as well. Mm-hmm. Same album. Um, By the way, they're in Norwegian. For the longest, I thought they were American. No. But no, they're yeah, no, Norwegian. Uh, and they were marketed here. Yeah. So this song, Don't Say You Love Me and Mirror Mirror, to me, those are two of the Looking back on it, two of the perfect, most perfect pop songs, Mm. like pure pop songs Mm. of the past 25 years. Yeah. Because... I remember eighth grade dances with that. One. Yeah, you remember that one? Oh man! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And interestingly enough, marketing-wise, how they got here with uh, "Don't Say You Love Me." Um, that was on like the Pokemon 2000 soundtrack. Was it really? Yes, it was. What? As a matter of fact, you can find it, like the the video. There are two versions of that music video for it. Good video, by the way, yeah. especially for their age group. And so. There are two versions of that video. One, just the normal version mm-hmm. with the sets or whatever, and same set. The other one, same set, but on the uh, screen it shows pictures of the movie. Like really, a, and, and yeah, Pokemon? and Pokemon's <laughs> everywhere. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting way to market them for America. <laughs> but yeah, right, it's a way it well, worked, kind of Pokemon, you know. right. It worked, yeah. and so, but no, that song I remember. Mirror, mirror. Because once again, Radio Disney, they were playing the crap out of that song. Right. And loved it even back then. Just catchy chorus. (laughs) And there's nothing like a catchy chorus. Yeah. And there's nothing like a good song, even if it's marketed for, like, preteen girls. (laughs) And same thing for (laughs) Don't Say You Love Me. It's like- And also, as an adult, you can go back to, it's cool that you can go back to these songs and be like, so that's why that was special. Yeah. yeah. Or that's why, like, I wouldn't play it now, but I get exactly why it was hit. Right. And so Don't Say You Love Me was something else, because I recently went back to it, and I was like... Cause I hadn't heard it in like forever. Yeah. And I was like, this is a good song. <laughs> Cause at first, honestly, at first the verses, how it was, I was like, it was a little too clunky. Mm-hmm. Cause now you're starting to be analytical about stuff. Right. But then it, you know, the chorus is like killer. Yeah. Like you can win awards with that chorus. Right. Well, but earworms. You know, it, very say, much earworms. Yeah. yeah. But I over time I was like, the verse is not bad. And then over time, I was like, you know what? The verse is cool. Mm. And so it's just a good song. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, M2M is definitely, like I said, don't Number say you love me. <laughs> well, Like I said, in no particular order. <laughs> but, yeah, two of the most perfect pop songs yeah. of the past 20, 25 years.
1: Well, we're going to stick with pop because you got a bonus track on here. And this That's one, dude. Then this one, uh, this dude, <laughs> Santana, <laughs> featuring Michelle Brand, became <laughs> the <Camelot> club. <laughs> whole thing so two things out of that song Mm. and then one thing out of that album so uh, out of that song two things the little fish the little yeah you know yeah and then the cowbell yes okay yes Those two things out of that song and then out of that album with because you know Rob Thomas was uh, guest on that smooth. Uh, smooth with, I mean that was like summer.
0: Absolutely summer ninety nine. You I can't mean, escape that and live in La Vida Loca. You, local. you come can't on, escape. Come on, I I'm remember. Sweaty. Exactly
1: right now, just, when you when you hear those songs, you get you get a little. Sweaty, it's it's like, now. Yeah, right? it's very much summer,
0: you bro. They take you, those to, both of those those both of those songs to this day is like they take you to summer. You
1: just play that song and stay out, watch the sun go down because you're sweating so hard because it may- well, maybe it's the humidity. We don't, we're not sure, but you know, that's beside the point.
0: But yeah. It's like, it's such a, it's just such a feeling and it's just automatic. Man, smooth is perfect too in and of itself. Nah. Like I have... Yeah. I have that whole
1: a, album though, man. The whole so album.
0: Good. I mean it, it it it's Santana it. Was, first it of it's Santana and it won the amount of awards that it won for a very good reason. Sure. And also it was just one of the biggest comebacks in music in the music industry at that point. And you know, just to come back from all but obscurity to just top of the charts and just these perfect sounding songs. Yeah. And just an the album that's just a fusion of a lot of different things, yet it's palatable enough for just, you know, almost all age groups to get into. Yeah. And so I uh, My friends know this You don't know this though Uh, Hopefully one of these Like next time I'm on here I could possibly share some of it But I have a very uh, Somewhat lengthy List of perfect songs. Ooh. And this is across, of, across genre. Okay. It can be pop, it can be jazz, it can be blues, gospel, whatever. I'm down. And it's kind of like, it is. I think the oldest one is like, the oldest song is a good 200, 300 years old. It's a classic piece. It's a classical piece. Yeah. Uh, all the way up to like, kind of like very, very recent times. Yeah. I, mean, I think I'm at about 300 now. Probably Bell. Damn, Bell. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, <laughs>
1: Everybody knows "Canon in D." We get. I know, right? Uh, at <laughs> the perfect little building. Congratulations, <laughs> Tchaikovsky's. By the way, like killing him.
0: Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, "Game of Love" is on there. A couple of uh, yeah, "Game of Love" and "Mirror Mirror" from M2M, <laughs> Both of those are on that. And like, like I said, it's about at three hundred songs now. Dang. And to me, "Perfect Meaning," everything is in its final form. Yeah. The song cannot be more. Effective Than what it is mm-hmm. Everything about it Is just right The key Is right The person who is Performing it Or the actor Is performing it Is perfect mm-hmm. The lyrics And choice of lyrics Flawless <laughs> No better words Can be used mm-hmm. The arrangement Is very Captivating And carries you From start to finish mm-hmm. Everything about it is perfect and of course all the songs on there they've been used either they've been covered by everybody yeah, or they are still played today still revered by so many different lists and countdowns to this day or have been using commercials a billion and <laughs> one times and so and there's so, a reason why. becomes it
1: becomes like the the Sheffy song. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah.
0: So but yeah it's like there, there's a definite list of perfect songs that I have. Journey, and don't stop believing. Honestly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, and it's Interesting enough, that one, Don't Stop Believing, there are two journey songs and one Steve Perry song that's on there. Mm. Don't stop believing. Um, Who's Crying Now? Okay. And Foolish Heart, mm. which is solo Steve Perry. Yeah. To me, those three I was faithfully on there faithfully i think so <laughs> if i'm not mistaken but yeah that'll, that'll make you feel too yeah but no game Go of ahead. love and was also one more thing <laughs> i'm trying to make you brief oh no 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 <laughs> the writer i have to shout that out because he's another one that another writer that and an artist in is own right that really i've really went back to and i'm like yeah dude has a good pen on himself yeah greg alexander mm-hmm. uh if you remember back in the 90s this uh alternative band with pop flair mm. uh, by the name of New Radicals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude uh, with the bucket hat. Yeah. Greg, is, who, like I said, artist in his own right mm. and the other uh, lady who was in there, Danielle Brisebois, Um they basically, you know, you know, they're a big hit. You only get what you give. Mm. Again, perfect. And someday we'll know, which to me should have been just as big. But anyway, um, but yeah, uh, both of those, Greg Possibly Sugar Ray who- uh. <laughs> Triumph. <laughs> who, who, n- Unfortunately, no. triumphed right over them. I mean, but the, their songs are good too, so it's kind of like. Sugar, Ray? Right? Eh, okay. Eh. <laughs> well, for what it is, it's we'll pop. So, we'll, we'll eh. <laughs> <laughs> but I stand by on Someday We'll Know. I stand by okay, that. Right. But. <laughs> Yeah. Greg is, like I said, he's a good writer too. Like he's, you know, search him too. like some mm. of his credits. One of his biggest credits outside of like the stuff for the band or what have you was The Game of Love, which was a global number one hit. You're right. And right. so, yeah, he's another one that I respect.
1: Yeah, I'll get you in. we uh, we'll we'll we'll. we'll- Debate some of these. Uh, I have a feeling, but you know, uh, yeah, man. Uh, Read what? What else we got coming out? We got new, more new music coming out, or, or what, where are we at with this?
0: Um. Well, one to just further push this and okay. wherever that's going to go, and also. I I've loved the process of making this album. It went a little bit longer than what I expected it to be cuz it was supposed to be released last year. Mm. But hey, it, 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 it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. And so, yeah, there is a new project that is being made now. Okay. Um I can't say when it's going to drop but at the same time the next step is being made now Mm. and yeah I just want to create and just share yeah right now because a lot of times like I mean again I'm a drummer Mm. writing and making songs and stuff like that this is still Fairly new terrain mm. And so I want to cultivate This terrain as much as possible
1: Elsewhere is out now and uh, You can go get it uh, links are In the description absolutely Like that so um, thanks For coming in man this has been fun thank you For having yeah, me this is uh like I said Kendrick
0: you know musical spirits this I low key is- don't want it in <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> Well You know what we'll have to do it again sometime Absolutely absolutely Until next time, this is Memphis Reverb. We're out. Peace. The Memphis Reverb Podcast, hosted by Brody Scott, recorded, produced, and edited by Brody Scott. Like and follow us on your favorite social media at Memphis Reverb. If you'd like to be featured on the show, just email us at memphisreverb at gmail.com. Find more
2: episodes by searching Memphis Reverb. This is a Brody Scott production.
0: That's it, Daddy.